Magnus Haystick, back home after a, a sojourn in Mauritius. Good break? No, Alec, I haven't been there in two years as a result of the lockdown. And I was so impressed with what I saw. New roads, new shopping centers. There's just so much development going on in Mauritius. It was very good to see. And very safe. Extremely safe. You just don't, you're not worried. I mean, we South Africans walk around locking our car doors and, and the Mauritians just look at you and they say, what's the problem? And we realize we're living in an unnatural society in many ways. And uh, they are just so relaxed. There's just no crime, no murders. Um, there's no physical assaults. There's no hijackings. It's, it's a normal society, in other words. Do they have exchange control there? And I'm asking this because I've been going through quite a lot of uh, a family members' uh, financial affairs. And the more I look at it, the more I get angry about this Regulation 28, which has forced South Africans to keep 70% of their retirement assets in South Africa because it actually just makes you go backwards continuously. Do they have that in Mauritius, anything like this Reg 28? No, they don't. They have total freedom with what you can do with your money, what you like, and no questions asked. They do ask questions about money laundering, no question about that. But once they're happy that it's legitimate money, they say, where do you want it, sir? What currency do you want? And, and how soon can we do it for you? It is such a pleasure. Uh, you know, again, that's a normal society. We are so used to dealing with the with the rules and regulations of exchange control. You know, it's embedded in our banking system. It's embedded in our lives. They, we don't have we, they don't have regulation twenty eight. And the point you're making is that the media and the investment community at large, the investors themselves, are now starting to say, "We're not making money with our pensions." We are now talking about seven years, almost 10 years, that our recreate funds barely uh, uh, have beaten the current inflation rate in South Africa and in some cases have actually not made a cent. Now, that is not good. And people are realizing that there's a big train smash coming. And it goes back to that regulation 28, uh, 19, uh, 2010 that says only 30% offshore and as a result of two things, with the rest of the world has had a fantastic economic growth uh, period, and we've had a terrible period, and uh, we've become poor. Our pensions have uh, have actually losing money in real terms year after year after year, and and people should be made aware of this. And the industry is very very quiet about this. Not a peep about Reg 28 or any amendments to Why? Reg 28. Why are they quiet? Just unpack that for us. Uh, and, and first of all, how Reg 28 came in and why the industry is not screaming about it because it's their clients who are getting poorer. Well, they're starting to see that. We noticed yesterday Coronation reported its results. For the seventh year in a row, Coronation's assets under management have actually declined. So there's been no real growth for Coronation. And you'll see the same I bet at, at uh, Alexander Forbes, um, Alan Gray, and Ford and those big companies, our market is not growing. It's shrinking. But, and, and, and this is purely my own opinion, there's a very nice arrangement between the asset management industry and Treasury as to protect the industry from outflows because you will have outflows. And, and, and that keeps the money in South Africa. But ultimately... 
It's not their money. It's the investors' money. And they should have a say in the situation. And, and the late Alan Greenblow and I often spoke about this. It's quite a shock, shocking situation where billions of rands flow towards the asset management company. And you and I and other members of pension funds, whether individually or collectively, have very, very little input as to what happens with your money. It's a question of send us your money. We know better. And you must be happy with what you've got. And that situation is starting to become a big factor. And and, and more and more, I sent you an email as one example of, a, of, of someone who said, hey, what's, what's happening? My projected numbers have been declining over four years. It's, it's, it's coming down and down and down and down. At least he has somebody who's taking interest in his pension funds. A lot of people don't take – they don't care. They shove it in the, in, the, in the bottom drawer thinking that one day, you know, there'll be some money for them. And, and in fact, the reality is that their purchasing power or their future purchasing power is being de- eroded at an enormous rate as we speak. Yeah, this inability to take responsibility for, for your own financial affairs is probably at the root of it. But I guess uh, it's only when you open that bottom drawer after how many years that you realize the marketing, the messages that you've been given are not actually the truth because you're not retiring, your your pension has not grown because you've been forced to keep 70% of it in South Africa and South Africa's economy has been struggling for at least 10 years, let alone just the last, uh, you know, the last seven. But Magnus, let's just go back a little bit in that and, and, and understand this. If you look at it from a cynical perspective, if you have to keep 70% of your retirement money in a country, then that means that the rest of the world or the whole world's financial institutions are not competing for that money. In other words, there's a, a, a finite number of local institutions who would be who you can go to. And that finite number means uh, if the one is slightly better than the other, well, so be it. But they charge you for the money that is being put with them or that they're managing for you. If there were no regulation 28, in other words, if you were allowed to put your money anywhere, your retirement funds anywhere in the world, you would presumably be able to pick Schroeder's in London or uh, a, a company in the United States or Australia, if you fancied that, rather than being forced to go to the South African financial institutions. And am I, am I being too cynical here? You're on the right track, uh, Alec. There's, an, there's a major element of that. And I'm quite sure the spokespeople of the asset management industry will come back with a very nice polished re- re- reply. But it's, it's, it's to a certain extent, it's, it's true that it's a protected cartel. It, it, it's very, very well remunerated. People are making huge amounts of money. Once you're in the pension funds industry, if you, if you, you take Coronation, they made a profit of 4 billion rand plus. 25% of that goes to their staff as, as bonuses. So it's a very, very highly uh, uh, and a very profitable industry. And if you still make it big, if you've got scale, I mean, that's where our few remaining millionaires and billionaires have been created in the last couple of years is in the asset management industry. And I speak to a lot of people in the industry, the smaller players, they're battling to get size because it's a question of the big five or nothing, they're getting all the big deals. But if they had to open the doors to foreign comp- competition, 
fees will fall fairly dramatically if you look at the vanguards and the black rocks and if you see what they charge to manage money versus what our our, our pension money uh, companies charge is a tremendous difference so it is a little bit of a closed shop and and some people are benefiting and it's most definitely not the investors who are in those funds so why don't the investors shout about it why does the industry or people financial advisors not say but hang on my clients are being prejudiced by this well again another aspect of the industry a lot of these big institutions uh, i'm not going to mention names but you can work it out yourself if you're an aligned advisor or broker with that company your your loyalty must be to the company or you'll get excommunicated very very quickly so your your independent advisors out there are to a large extent doing this and acting in the best interest of their clients and it's also the pension fund consultants who should be raising this issue but this is a raging hot topic affecting millions of people and i get so angry when i see these beautifully written articles by the insurance companies saying you're gonna be poor one day you should be saving more and the returns have been so poor i mean i it is just shocking how poor the returns have been you never have uh, certain outlets in the media wanting to discuss this because it, it, it affects their advertising but it's it's right now it's it's, it's not a great uh, situation for a great deal of people and this needs to be you know um, aired and discussed and practical solutions should, should should come forthcoming i mean i was very surprised that i couldn't find one journalist when when the new amendments to the regulation 28 came out about 2 weeks ago not one journalist made a comment about the fact that you still have a 30% cap on offshore investments not one they were all talking about the infrastructure and they're all going to pump money into infrastructure but they were deathly quiet about the elephant in the room so you have raised your voice about this have you been penalized i'm independent i don't work for any of the big companies fortunately i uh, i'm the master of my own destiny and i work with a lot of companies and they have not put any pressure on me because i don't work for them they 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 know it i know it and the minute they start putting pressure on me or try to put pressure on me I will stop dealing with them and I will really expose it. But that I'm, I'm different. I have a different situation. I'm very, very fortunate to be where I am. Other advisors are not so fortunate. They will join a big company, uh, become part of the advisory uh, brokerage team, but they will be very sure to toe the line. They will not, uh, it'll be in breach of the employment contracts. They will not criticize their own company. So it's up to people like me and yourself and others who are prepared to get out there and say, guys, this needs to change. The pension fund industry is 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 is, is all in favor of, of, of the asset management industry, treasury, and then to the detriment of the poor members who think, oh, I belong to a pension fund, I'm okay. It's not okay. So this infrastructure fund or allocation, clearly it's it's really just another tax on savers, on retirement savers, because the government is now working with the retirement funds to ensure that there's money that goes into infrastructure projects in a country where the track record is infrastructure is a invitation to plunder. We've seen that with Madupi. We saw that with Kusili. 
where's the confidence that this is going to be different? Because it now appears as though through the amendments, it's actually going to be, you're going to be forced to put money into a potential Madupi or Kasili. Yes, it is. It, it's. I think there's been a lot of horse trading behind the scenes out of the public lair between Treasury and the asset management industry about quid pro quos. If you support us on this score, we'll support you on that score. But I, I, I don't, at this point in time, I, I mean, might be out of line, but we're going to pump more money into construction infrastructure. And again, we there are no guarantees about the safety of that money, the controls. I mean, you, you, we've been writing about this for years and years and years. Money disappears into a into a black hole and there's no accountability. I would be very, very worried if a great deal of my pension money goes into this much lauded infrastructure spend without someone watching over my money. And that would be a great, great uh, uh, danger for me, leaving my money in a, in a, in a big pension pot. I would rather take it out. And that's what, in, in many cases, we tell our clients, take your money out, pay your taxes now. And the cases that we've done that, and we're talking large numbers, the outcomes three or five years down the ro- road has been phenomenally in favor of the person who's taken the money, paid the taxes, and is now in charge of his or her own money. But uh, again, you, you know, it's a very, very big industry with very sharp, and clever people, and they know how to do PR, they know how to spin a story. But uh, we get emails like that daily. Guys are saying, what can I do? My money is not growing. So the your advice for people who are getting to retirement age is actually don't, is just cash in your, your pension fund or whatever, pay the taxes, and then become the master of your own destiny and invest it in the way you want to invest it rather than being forced uh, to put 70% of it into South African assets, which have, as you said earlier, have have not performed for the past decade. Equity assets in South Africa have not performed. You might say, I don't want to take the currency risk. You put it into bonds or cash. But, But most definitely, step number one is educate yourself about the various options. Do not take the first option given to you by these big investment companies. You have the right to take your money wherever you want to, whenever you want to, at retirement. And ironically enough, once you can get hold of your money, you can swing it into a living annuity and you can still get up to 100% offshore allocation if that is the correct investment profile for you, strategy for you. But at least you decide where, with which company, and you can exercise some control over it. Do not leave it with these big investment companies. You're in a big pot. You're just a number. You know that's just not the and way. And the to game do is it. against you because they are colluding uh, amongst themselves and clearly colluding with government to promote this regulation 28, which says, "Well, you're a South African, so keep 70 percent of your retirement money in South Africa." It's just it's just crazy when you're talking about a country that is half a percent of global GDP. And a, a country that's much smaller, like Mauritius, you can take that 100% offshore if you want to. These, all of this doesn't make sense. In Australia, you can choose whatever asset class you want, 
you can you, you have your self-managed annuities or the supers they call them you decide what you want to put in your fund you're an adult you have skilled yourself you take responsibility for your investments and if it goes wrong don't come to government that's the way it should be treated but we've been patronized by saying we know better you are actually a very stupid person mr hogg we will tell you how to make money and you must shut up but your returns have been zero in real terms for seven years now i would be very angry about that and start asking i questions. wonder what the next generation is going to be doing because when we see something like easy equities where they've now got a million people many young people who've never invested before who are investing in equities and many of them are doing pretty well because they're buying offshore equities and they're investing for the long term. When they get to retirement age and have a look back at the records, I wonder if they're going to buy the stories. I don't think so. I think that the the sale of discretionary uh, um, or or tax-driven retirement products like uh, retirement annuities are under pressure. Uh, It's harder and harder to truthfully tell a person you must make use of this every year after year uh, because you get a tax break. It's not a tax break. You're getting a postponement of tax. And if you start doing some clever numbers, you'll see that that's quite true. You're just postponing the taxes. But the price that you're paying is that you're, getting, you're going into a captive situation. Your money is locked up in South Africa. And if you, whoever you want to believe, you know, about the next 10 years or the next five years, it can be another 10 years of very, very little growth. And um, so you, you think you're getting the tax advantage, but you're paying the price in very, very substandard growth. If you'd play around with the numbers on what uh, people have been earning in the United States and Europe and, and even Japan, you know, they've been earning for the last 10 to 15 years inflation plus 10, 12, 15% returns year after year. And in South Africa, you've been battling to get inflation plus 1% or plus two. And that's what I'm saying. Most people's pension pots are not growing. And you can see it in the AUMs of, of the large companies like, like, like Coronation, which is, it's, it's had no growth since 2014. And that's where our problem started. 2014 is when the growth numbers started diving in South Africa and have stayed below 2% for seven years now. There we go. There we go. There we go.